Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Today is an interesting day. Once again, you heard me in the prayer talking about Pentecost. Now, there are denominations. There are beliefs now. We say Pentecostal beliefs. There's a Pentecostal denomination, and that's great because the Holy Spirit fell and was given, fell on the apostles and those that were with them, 120, on the day of Pentecost. All that means is that's a Greek word meaning basically 50 days after the Passover. All right? It also means, once again, it's the, the, the feast of the summer harvest. Now, here's what's interesting about Pentecost. God does things by the rules he has set up. Isn't that amazing? You ever played sports with someone who was in charge and they made up the rules as they went along? I've seen guys do that. We did not have that here, but I witnessed that in church league basketball one time in Texas. The guy who was in charge, he would change the rules every week like to help him and his team. See, God's not that way. God sets up things, and he goes by the covenant and the laws that he has set up. All right? We may not get it all the time or understand it all the time, but God is a God of covenant. He keeps his word. Scripture says he keeps his, promise, his promises to a thousand generations. What does that mean? That's just forever for us, isn't it? Promises for a thousand generations. So here's what's interesting. On Pentecost... In Hebrew, it's Shavuot, meaning sevens, seven groupings of seven, all right? But on Pentecost, that day of Pentecost, the, the Lord gave the Holy Spirit to his people. Why? Because he was causing it to coincide exactly with the feast of summer harvest. Now, God needs laborers for harvest, and you need his Holy Spirit for harvest. What is harvest? Those who, who know church speak or churchese or church language or however you want to call it, we know about harvest. Harvest means bringing in people to the Lord. Jesus said the fields are ripe. They are ready to be harvested. He said, now pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers because the laborers are few. What are laborers? Me and you. People who help with the harvest. They say, the harvest, yeah, me and you, serving at church. You say, man, I can't help with the harvest. I can't preach in front of people like you, Pastor Matt. Oh, the harvest is so much more than someone preaching. That's only part of it. The harvest is someone greeting at the door. The harvest is you hugging someone at church, telling them, I love you, and I hope to see you again next week. The harvest is you telling someone at, 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 at the grocery store, hey, man, Jesus loves you. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I know he has a plan for your life. I'm praying for you. It's going to be all right. The harvest is you going out to help and bring people into the kingdom of God. That's the harvest. Interesting that God sent his Holy Spirit on the day that exactly coincides with the feast of summer harvest. Now today I'm kind of going to spin this around and tell you this. this is the title of the message today. Because of the times and seasons, you need to utilize your God-given time. Somebody say, I will utilize... My God-given time. How many of you know all of your time is God-given? I don't know how addictive your personality is. I've been talking to my wife about this. I've done better over the weeks and months. And I notice lately it's become an issue again. We've got to be careful. Those that have smartphones, we've got to be careful with those, not to waste our time, right? You say, well, I was just, I was looking at, 
I was looking at, man, some, some helpful Instagram stuff. It was all preaching. Yeah, but it's still a screen, isn't it? Screens are distracting. Screens become a one-eyed idol sometimes. That's nothing new. Our parents used to say that back in the day. They called the TV the one-eyed monster. I, I'm not creative enough to have come up with that. So it's nothing new. We've got to make sure that we put God first. All right? And we utilize our God-given time. So I'm going to tie this in here today. My first point is you got to connect to God and people. How do we do that? Let's go to John 14, verse 15. Look at this. This is the, the most amazing way to connect to God through Jesus is by the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 15. Tune in here real quick. Check this out. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Who will what? Who will never, ever leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Isn't that powerful? The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Later will be in you. Now the Holy Spirit's already been given, so by faith you can receive the gift of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The sacrifice that Jesus made, Jesus comes to live within you by the Holy Spirit. You can even become baptized in the Holy Spirit, what some call being in the fullness of God's Spirit. And that's where you speak in tongues. You speak in a heavenly language, all right? As you receive that, God has already given it. God has already given that to you. So I find it fascinating that on the day of Pentecost, that's today that God gives us wisdom on how to use our time. And that is you can spend time with God. Learn to spend time with God. Make it a habit. Habits aren't that easily formed, but they're quickly broken in my mind, especially good habits. One of my habits, one of our habits as a married couple is to come to the church and pray. But either way, we pray every day. We seek God every day. And I love coming to the church because I can put away distractions and come here. And I, you come to a church building and you go, well, this even in your mind, right, psychologically, you say this is for prayer. This is a place to pray. Get the lights just right, put on the music or listen to music on my phone, and I can, I can meet up with God, have an appointment with Him. See, you would, th you would think it's strange, ladies, if your husband only showed up at the house for meals and weekends. You'd find that strange. Or meals and nights. Are you with me still? I don't have to go far with that. Your, your minds are pretty sharp, but you, you get that. And see, people do that with God, though. I heard a prophet years ago. They called him Prophet Damon. The guy was wild, man. He'd preach barefooted. He'd just kind of throw you off. It's like, is that John the Baptist or what? Just kind of throw you off. He was a man of God. He said, man, what, what the church has asked for from God now, what people have asked for from God is I'm going to show up once a week, if that, and Lord, I need you to blow my mind. Just blow me away. Haven't had any relationship with you all week, but I'm going to show up and you're just going to just pour it on me. Now, I'm not sticking it to anybody in a harsh way. I'm not. I'm not trying to just give you a backhanded slap there. I'm not. But growing up in the church, I think I had seasons of thinking that. It's like, well, I didn't really seek God all week, but it's Sunday, man. I just need God to, I just want to feel his presence. I want to feel goosebumps, man. I want to feel the anointing. I need him to speak to me. I need it all in one right now, and then I got to go again. That'd be weird in a... In a married situation, wouldn't it? For a husband or a wife. Hi, I'm here for the evening. 
I want you to just, man, just, man, give me a wonderful, perfect, incomparable evening, and I'll see you again in a week or two weeks or maybe a month. But it'll be on my terms, not yours. See, that's strange, isn't it, in the context of marriage? But even in the context of friendships, showing up, going, give me everything I need right now, and I'll see you again sometime, maybe not, until I need something. So now here's what you got to do is utilize your God-given time by the Holy Spirit. See, we already have all the tools we need. Scripture says that he is the what? He's the comforter. He's the encourager. He's the counselor. The translation I just read you says the advocate. Comforter, encourager, counselor, helper. He's got your back. All right? Now let's get into John chapter 15. I find that fascinating. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit that he's promising. We've already received it. But look at the next chapter, John 15, verse 1. These were not divided into chapters back in the day. This just all flowed together as, as just one book without chapters. John 15, 1. Let's get into that. Jesus said, I read this Wednesday night, but I'm going to add some verses to it. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. We've been doing a lot of this in our yard, and this has just really made this come to life for me. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. You know what pruning is? Trimming. Did anybody get a trim this week on your head? Did you, did you make it over there? Some of you did. Some of you guys, I can tell. It's obvious. You did. I look at the bald men. I go, you got a trim this week. It just doesn't stay that way because I'm already starting to look like the transporter. He says, you're pruned so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. And look at this. Remain in me and I will remain in you. It goes both ways. Do you see that? The power of relationship. I'm going to do this for you and you're going to do this for me. I'm going to be next to you. You're going to be next to me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the what? From the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them, he says it again, we got to be in this together, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. You've seen that before. You're so glad to see those weeds wither when you pull them out of the ground, right? Say, man, it's, it's disconnected now. It's going to die. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. You cannot stay disconnected from God. Are y'all getting that analogy there? But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, this is powerful. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. You say, well, is fruit just leading someone to the Lord? That's a type of fruit. How about fruit of the Spirit? How about, how about the fruits of you being kind to people? How about the fruits of, of your work in just working for God and being diligent? There's fruits of your labor. There's different types of fruit, I believe. He says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. So you, you may ask me, you say, Pastor Matt, so if I'm not bearing fruit, am I a disciple of the Lord? No. Disciples bear fruit, according to what Jesus said. It's real clear. I'm not saying people aren't saved or on their way to heaven. That's between them and God once they've accepted Jesus. But I've, you ever met a believer and you're like, you're the same person you were 15 years ago. You ever met someone like that? And you go, why are you still the same exact person? Why are, you, why are we still messing with that same stuff and you're not 
you're not bearing fruit. Well, that is between them and God and their pastor, them and God and their mentor. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. That's what Jesus said. And fruit can be classified, once again, as all kinds of stuff. Good works, the fruit of the Spirit, your relationships, the things you're doing for God, bringing people into the kingdom. That's not to freak you out today. It's just the fact of the matter. You say, man, but pastor, what do I do in this area? What do I do in that area? Dad gave us a really good snippet of wisdom recently at a staff meeting. So simple. He told us his staff, and this is a great reminder to all of God's people, is make sure you're making one improvement in your life per day, even if it's small. Even if it's small. You say, what can I do to improve? Well, that's between you and God, and once again, your mentor or your pastor. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. When you have fruit, even fruit here and there in different areas, just you say, man, but this isn't a big thing. Uh Uh-huh, some of the small things you're doing are a big thing to God. They are. And some of the things, let me tell you this right now, everybody in this house, there are things you've done that nobody will ever know about, and that's perfect because one day you will stand before God and he will say, welcome into the joy of your Lord. Well done, you good and faithful servant. You did that and nobody knew about it. You did that and didn't blow a trumpet. So what freaks me out sometimes about social media is sometimes, even us as well-meaning believers, we got to announce everything and put up the pictures and say, here's all the great things we're doing. That's a tough thing. And I know that's between them and God, but it makes me cringe. You know why? Because that's their reward. Jesus said that. He said, he said that about the Pharisees. He said, look, they gave, they did all this. He said, don't blow a trumpet when you're doing all that stuff. He said, because they have their reward, but make sure your reward is in heaven where moth can't. Anybody ever had moths eat through their clothes? Dad Brown came down here from Mom Senna's funeral, and he had an old suit. And I think, I, think, I think Mom Brown and Jen were ready to see that suit go anyway. I don't know. But I think a moth got in there out in the desert and ate some holes in that suit. We can't prove it. But you got, here's my point. You got stuff on earth, and it just kind of corrodes and gets rusty, right? Even the coolest stuff. Does your car still smell new after three years? We got a used car in 2016, and that's been a blessing of a ride for my love. I loved how, it, I think it had 16,000 miles on it, but it smelled new. I remember thinking, man, never bought a car that smelled new. This is amazing. I've gotten cars that smelled like armpit. <laughs> Not for us. But I've bought and sold some cars, and I'm like, what happened here? Were y'all raising baby possums, or were cats in here? Were chickens producing eggs? Like, what was going on in here? Here's my point. Things have a tendency toward entropy. They wear out. I am in my mid-40s now. And I've got a lovely wife who's younger than me, and she says, baby, you got to stay fit. You don't want to lose muscle mass. you got to stay strong. Come on. And she keeps, helps to keep me young and disciplined in those areas. Because you know what? I have noticed. I hate to admit it. I'm young in so many ways. But it feels like we came to the gym last night, and I ran. I did some drills by myself, dribbling, making layups, shooting. I thought, I know I'm a little heavier, but this just feels a little different. I've got to stay on this. Because things change in life. Even as you're wa- in your walk with God, things aren't always the same. Your relationship with him, it needs to grow and change. But there are things you've got to move past. Why? 
because life happens. And that's why it is so important to remember that your reward is in heaven. That's why you got to connect to God and others now, not just for this life, but for heaven. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Next verse. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Wow. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's what? Commandments and remain in his love. This is powerful. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Somebody smile. Some of you got serious in here. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way. I've loved you. So in that text, you see where God is saying, Jesus himself, he said, remain in me and I will remain in you and then love others. So let's put that point back up there. Utilize your God-given time. How? Connect to God and others, not just on Passover or the day of Pentecost. These, these things in God's calendar are perfect and wonderful because God keeps his appointments. But the whole point is the harvest is waiting. There are people out there that would never give me time of day. We had a funeral this past week. Beatrice's aunt went to be with the Lord. And I told a few people, I said, I told my wife, I woke up that morning like God was speaking to me. And I said, this could be the most important message I've ever preached in my whole life. I, I feel that way just about every Sunday I do. But I knew at that funeral there would be people that they're just not going to be in here on a Sunday morning. And I, I said, Lord, this is perfect because they got to listen to me jump up and down and get excited about your word and talk to them about heaven and hell and, and Jesus and how Cynthia's waiting for them in heaven now with Jesus. And I got to say all these things because I knew, I knew, I knew I've got to utilize the time God has given me. There's people in there that I will never speak to again. But here's my point. You got people in your lives that they would never listen to me but they'll listen to you. And sometimes, you, you know how it is. There's people in your life, they're not going to listen to you at all. You have some of those? Like, ah, whatever, you holy rollers. Whatever. Oh, you're going to church again. Okay, yeah, pray for me. I'll remember that. Uh-huh. It's true. The ones that give you the hardest time, they're the ones going, hey, bro, man, pray for me, man. It's gotten crazy. The oil field ain't hiring right now. I know. But there's a signing bonus at Domino's. Isn't that crazy? Or there was. There's still, there's still money to be made out there. There's still work to be had. You give your tithe and offering. Connect to God through giving. That's one of the ways you connect to God. So here's my point. With this point, you cannot love God without spending time with Him. Many times we say, oh, I love them so much. Have you ever spent time with them? I'm not saying you have to spend time with everybody. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you get to know people and you get to know the day in, the day out, the tough things, and you go, am I really walking in love despite their flaws and mine? So just remember that as God calls you to connect to God and people, all right? Utilize your God-given time in this way. Number two, rejoice in the small things. I'm having some carryover from last week, but I really felt led by God to just bring this up again. Rejoice in the small things. Let me talk to you once again about our lawn. I just love these examples. So our backyard is, is really uneven. I think some of it came that way, and one of our dogs helped. She's a landscaper. She dug here. She dug there. She's a survivor. She was a, 
She's a rescue dog. So she does some weird digging. We've got to stay after her. But our, our lawn's kind of crazy. Like if someone chased me through my lawn at night, like trying to take my money, they would break a bone. <laughs> and I'd be like a ninja. I'd be jumping over holes and, and they'd be stumbling. I mean, because it's so uneven. And there's a block fence at the back. They'd fall and just destroy themselves. Our lawn's really uneven. And, and it's had some trouble areas with the grass. So we, we put down some special soil. My wife threw some seed out there. And you know what we've been watching? It's been miraculous to me, to us, really. And it's a small thing, literally and figuratively. But we see little Bermuda grass sprouts. They're so tiny and green. And we're going, wow, those are growing. We're watering the seed, and it's growing. So we're rejoicing in small things together. Every day, even through the tough seasons, my wife and I find something small to rejoice about. We got a tree from the, for the front yard, and you know how trees, when you transplant them, they go into shock. You ever seen the leaves? They do some funny things. It's a Cleveland pear, and we noticed today that the leaves are doing better. So I was out there watering early in the morning, and my wife was going, look at the leaves are looking better. So I celebrated. I said, really? They are doing better? Are you sure? It's kind of tall. It's like 12 or 13 feet tall. I said, are you sure they're doing better? Oh, man, it is. You know, we even named the tree. <laughs> Come on Wednesday night if you want to know the name of the tree. <laughs> Find even the smallest things to be grateful for. Go to Luke 16.10. The first part of that verse is really what's going to hit us today. I'm going to just read the first part of that verse. I'll quote the rest of it to you. We'll stay right here. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're in dishonest in little things, you'll be dishonest in larger things, right? Or dishonest with greater responsibilities. Let's go to the beginning of that verse again. Luke 16.10. I believe in Paces and ACE, it's 16.10a. First part of the verse. All right? If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. Many people are like, I, I've even heard people say this. No, when something big happens, I'm really going to praise God. No, you're not. Uh-uh. Oh, no, when I win the lottery, I'm going to tithe. Oh, no, it's going to sound like way too much money to tithe if you win the lottery. If you didn't tithe on $10, brother and sister, I promise. You make it big, you strike it rich, you're going to go, wait, I just got $5 million. I've got to tithe. What is that? $500,000? you will go, well, that's way too much. But see, if you've been tithing on $10, you've been tithing. We tithe on every penny that comes in. A dollar comes in, we tithe. Sometimes I sell little handheld video games on the side. Some of you have seen me on Facebook. I know you didn't say, say anything about it, but I may give you a discount too, or I'm just, I don't know. But I get a dollar profit, I tithe. I bring it and I tithe, or we text to give. We tithe, we give, we give. And that's one of our ways of rejoicing in the small things. Man, God blesses us with $500. We just give God the glory. And we go, okay, got to give God 50. But if you haven't rejoiced in the small things with God and been faithful in the little things, you're not going to be faithful when bigger things happen. I promise. I remember one time I inherited a vehicle from a renter years ago, almost 20 years ago. And it was a 1978 LTD. Does anybody remember those big body rides? It looked like one of my grandpa's cars, and it was blue. I got that thing, 
title and everything because he the, the the gentleman passed away and a girl who's like a daughter to him says I don't want this he has no surviving anything you need to have this vehicle I got in there I went to sit in the seats I thought I thought at first it was decked out and luxurious because there was black and white hair all over the seats I thought man this is a custom job wow I went to get in there it was just the guy's Dalmatian that he'd had in there for years I guess black and white hair and I, just telling you about the little things, you may think this is crazy, but I'm going to just tell you. I got in that vehicle, though, and I started the vehicle, and it had a special engine. I, Tony, I don't know if you remember that, but we got to talk about it sometime. Tony likes cars. And that thing roared to life, and I went, wait a minute. I was 25, youth pastor. That vehicle was ugly, but had a sweet engine. It drove smooth. It took a ton of gas. I thought, I'm going to start taking this to the high school to visit my kids. So I'd park that thing at the high school. Sometimes I'd stand on the roof of it after school to give kids a ride home. Just do stupid stuff. But here's my point. That thing was weird, but what a blessing. A free car, and I drove it around for a while till I donated it to something, and somebody got the engine out of that thing. And that thing was such a blessing, and I rejoiced. And people were like, I mean, one time I spray painted it. I was like, it's got some patches on it. We're going to spray paint it blue. Somebody came over to my mom's house, and I was outside spray painting it in the street. They were like, I know some of you are looking at me like, uh-huh. But let me tell you something about God. He said in the book of Zechariah, we're not going to go there. God was speaking to his people. He said, do not despise or hate the day of small beginnings. All great things start small. Look at all you great people in here. Y'all started as a seed in the womb. Little embryo. Scripture says, don't despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work has begun. That has become a great revelation to me. He said, man, it's not much. Uh-huh. But a dollar here, a dollar there, a dollar here, a dollar there, it adds up. That's not much. That's not much. Yeah, but rejoice in the small things while you can. I need to get into the third thing today because I could just be here all day with you all, and that is utilize your time to plan. Form a plan for vacation. Some of you are like, well, I'm not going to be able to. Take some time off, go to Lubbock or places you like to go. I don't know. Um, make a plan to pay off debt. P did you know part of the plan to paying off debt is not incurring new debt? Is that deep for anyone in here? Figured that out in my 20s. It's genius. Say, man, we ain't making any headway yet because you keep incurring debt. Yeah, we owe but on that, but I'm going to go ahead and get a loan for this one and that one, and then don't do that. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of the stuff people get loans for, they don't really need. A house is one thing. A vehicle is one thing, and that's between you and God and, and your advisors and your, your significant other. But there's so many things like, man, I've seen it. I've seen it out here. In Hobbs, New Mexico, people getting a loan for a jet ski. See, there's a problem with that, brother. Real quick, and I'm about to wrap this up. There's a problem with that. You buy a jet ski, now you've got to find a way to take it somewhere. And said, man, I don't even have a truck. Well, now you've got to finance a truck. And pretty soon you're asking for a loan for the gas to put in the truck to take the jet ski to what's the closest, Brantley Lake? We've got we to gotta get connected to God and others. And when you get connected to God and others and using your time wisely, you make wiser decisions. There are people around me that know so much more than I do.
I go to dad for stuff sometimes. I go to dad Santa. I go to dad Brown. I go to mom Brown. Went to my mom when she was on this earth and asked simple things. And some people don't want to hear it. They don't want to utilize their time for that. They're going to figure it out. And I say, may the Lord bless you, right? You don't have to figure out everything on your own. You can make a plan and you can get wisdom on forming a plan. Part of your plan should be scheduling daily time with God. Part of your plan should be, look at this, have a plan for when temptation strikes. Does that sound wild? You say, man, Pastor Matt, I'm getting over an old weakness. You better have a plan for that. When you're alone and that strikes and you want to get back into that ugly stuff, you better have a plan. Someone you can call, text, some worship music you can listen to and pray your, praise your way through it. Did you know praise will help you through temptation? Look at Proverbs 21.5, and I will close today and utilizing your God-given time. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Part of good planning is listening to counsel, listening to wise people, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but do not go to someone and ask financial advice if they're struggling in their finances. I've seen that happen over the years. People do it just nonsensically. It's like, man, I'm going to ask them. They gave me advice. I'm like, wait you, wait, you got it from them? They're always struggling in that area. You don't ask them. We've learned with our yard once again. Sometimes you ask some people who don't know. They know a little bit in some area, but you got to go ask other people. Sometimes I'm asking people questions about how to do it, and then they're asking me, and I'm like, wait a minute. What? Why, what? No, no, I hired you to do it. Why are you asking me? I don't know. I can tell you where some stuff's located in Scripture. I can give, talk to you about some finances and paying off debt. I can even talk to you about saving money, some little things I'm learned, I've learned here. I can tell you about how to shave your head. I'm good at that. I could even tell people how to take a bath, I think. I've done that quite often. But I'm going to tell you this. Part of your good planning and hard work that lead to prosperity need to be go to the source. Go to God and connect with wide people, uh, wise people. Let's go to our three points today, utilizing your God-given time. Number one, real quick, connect to God and people. Number two, rejoice in the small things. Use your time well. And number three, take time to plan. You ever met someone who never has a plan? And their lack of planning is ruining your day? Have you ever had that? I have people who are a walking, slow-moving train wreck and a disaster, and their lack of plan is messing up mine, so that's when boundaries come in. Oh, I hope you'll be here next week. We're going to start a series on boundaries. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, and we glorify you today. We worship you because your word is good and your word is right. Lord, the foundation of your throne are righteousness and justice. It's all doing stuff right, being right with you, and that things may be right and made right with laws and decisions and everything else. And Lord, to satisfy your justice, though, Jesus had to die on the cross. Is there anybody in this house or at the sound of my voice online today that says, I have never accepted Jesus, nor have I made him the Lord of my life? You say, man, if I died today, Pastor Matt, I would split hell wide open. I'd die and go to hell. I have rejected Jesus. I've never accepted him. Is there anybody in this house who says, I need to get right with God by accepting Jesus and having forgiveness for my sins? Raise your hand. I will pray with you. We'll pray as a family. I will not embarrass you. We'll pray together. Anybody in this house? 
All right, I'm going to pray just to make sure. Repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me, God. I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. Save me, Lord, from myself, from my sin, and from hell. Thank you for your forgiveness. I give you glory, God. Now, everybody in the house, go ahead and stand to your feet and raise your hands to the Lord. This is a different prayer. Everybody in the house, stand and raise your hands to the Lord. Begin to ask God to help you to utilize your time well. Learn to use the calendar when you can. I know this year you said, man, we even made jokes about it here at church. It was like we had this calendar and everything changed. But you still have to have, to have a plan. Lord God, in Jesus' name, we ask you, Father, we unite our faith today. You said where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. I thank you, Lord, that you hear us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here, and you're always welcome, Lord God. God, give us wisdom to go to the right people to tap into wisdom. Give us wisdom to seek wisdom, God. Give us a desire for wisdom in your word and time with you connecting with you and others, Lord God, rejoicing in the small things, having a plan. But Lord God, in having a plan, give us wisdom, God, on how to utilize our time. Help us not to waste our time because one day, Lord, according to Scripture, we're going to stand before your throne and give an account of our lives. And I believe you will say, what did you do with this time I gave you? What did you do with that gift I gave you? What did you do with the car I gave you? What did you do with the home I gave you? With the family I gave you? with the friends I gave you? What did you do with your relationship with me, I believe God is going to ask. Not that he doesn't know. I believe he's just going to call things to account. And he can do that. He is the righteous judge. So today, Father, give us a strong reminder and convict our hearts, me included. You're dealing with me today as I gave this message, Lord, in utilizing my time well. Give me wisdom, Father God. Give us wisdom on how to make the most of every opportunity. Scripture says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. One translation says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. What does that mean? Days are distracting. People make crazy decisions around you. I was talking to a pastor this morning, and he said, notice how it's from one crisis to the next in this world. One crisis to the next. Oh, it's the virus. Oh, it's, it's a riot. Oh, it's a bomb. It's a, it's a storm. Hey, this is a planet that in general it has rejected God, but you have received God's gift of grace. You have received the faith that he's given you, and you're walking in it now. You do not have to move from crisis to crisis. You can utilize the time God has given you, and you will recognize there are times and seasons for everything. We thank you for your word today, God. Thank you for your people that received your word. In Jesus' name.